Welcome back to the Toledo Matters Podcast. This is episode four. Today we have Josh Cooper with us, and as always, your host, Bob Tucker, and our co-host, Danny Woodcock. Welcome, everybody. Uh, This is Bob Tucker. Uh, Today, actually, for this introduction section, uh, we do not have Danny with us. He couldn't make it today. He's feeling a little under the weather. We hope he gets better soon. Um, And uh, He should be here for the interview portion. Yeah, he he will be here. His color commentary will not be missed. That's right. We today's interview is with Josh Cooper, who uh, is an interesting guy and, and local entrepreneur. Who uh, I, th- I think the interview went pretty well, and, and Danny was here for the interview, so you, you'll hear him there. Um, uh, in the meantime, I, I want to talk a little bit. Nate, did, you were out of town last weekend, right? I was. Yep, I was yeah. on my my yearly camping trip. Yeah, which which sounds like a lot of fun, it, but instead of camping, I was in town. Uh, last weekend was uh, UT's homecoming game. Yep, and so my son, uh, being a three year old, loves parades because not not so much because of the floats and the big trucks and the fire trucks and all that, but what he loves is at most parades these days. Everybody in a float throws candy at you. Oh, of course. <laughs> so he brings this huge bag. Well, he, we brought a bag, and he filled that sucker full of So by that candy. logic, he would love taking a bath if you threw candy at him of while course. doing it. Well, he likes his bath anyway, but that's a, that's another story. <laughs> uh, dude loves to be naked. But um, yeah, so I actually think he, he probably ended up getting more candy from this parade than, than he's going to trick-or-treating. Because he's probably going to go like a block or two trick-or-treating. Right. Uh, so it, it was a very kind of Toledo weekend for me last weekend. We, we did that parade in the morning. Uh, we, we were at the Old Orchard Family Group's sort of watching station at one of their houses. Where, where does the parade happen for that? Uh, it starts at UT. We, we watched it at a house on Middlesex in Old Orchard. Right. I know it goes all the way down Middlesex and it turns at some point. I'm, I'm not exactly sure where. Awesome. Um, and like I said, uh, the Old Orchard family group had like a, a, a watching party at uh, somebody's house there. And so we did that. And then after that, uh, another friend had like, um, hey, come to our house in between the parade and the game for, you know, hot dogs and bring your kids. We'll, we'll have a bounce house sort of event. So we did that after that and, and um, had hot dogs and beer at, you know, 11, which was fun. And then... Uh, and then uh, Marcus, my son, just went nuts on a bounce house for a while, tack- <laughs> tackling his buddy and stuff. Kids love those bounce houses. Oh yeah, man. And, and yeah. I, I mean, I think we would love them too if we were allowed in them. Right. This one was a little on the smaller side for adults. Right. But, uh, there are places in town with with humongous bounce houses, but they still don't let adults in them. Well, I guess like uh, that trampoline place, Sky Zone's kind of a a huge grown-up bounce house yeah, basically yeah but there's there's this place called there's a tangent but there's this uh, sylvania playland it's out on um uh, quarry road it's uh it's basically uh, an indoor big warehouse room with like slides and swings and a bunch of huge bounce house things right um but they had this huge bounce house that oh adults could very easily get in but not allowed right i'm looking at that. just one of those things like once you're a certain age you just you can't, you have to wave bounce houses goodbye yeah yeah so then unfortunately i did not go to the homecoming game i kind of was thinking did we win i didn't even like yeah check. ut won um we're on a roll this year man yeah they're, they're ranked 22 now after that awesome um, and uh instead we went home and my kids had naps and then uh, I cracked open that sauerkraut I've been making. I don't know if I've oh, talked about yeah, that you, on the I don't, podcast. I don't think it was on the podcast. I think we talked about it pre-show or something. Yeah, that you were so sauerkraut. We, we, my wife and I were in the, this farm share CSA this year, and, and at the end, toward the end of it, they gave us this big honking five-pound cabbage, like huge cabbage. 
And my wife is like, what are we going to do with this cabbage? So I thought, well, I'll turn it into sauerkraut, which is, I'd, I'd never done that before. I'd made kimchi before, but not sauerkraut. And it was remarkably easy and it turned out really well. I mean, you basically just shred it, add salt, juniper berries and caraway seed, and then let it sit and stew in your basement for four weeks. And then voila. And how long will that last now that you've made it? Well, now I got it in like sealed containers in my fridge. And I think it'll it'll last at least another month or six weeks or something. And can you freeze that? I think I'm probably going to eat it before. Right. (laughs) You're a big sauerkraut guy. I I like, (laughs) yeah, but I think I'm the only one in my household that is. (laughs) Right. I love sauerkraut. (laughs) My wife kind of tried it just to, you know, just and so did you do like traditional like traditional like big hunks like german sauerkraut or did you do like the normal stuff that you see where it's like really shredded yeah this was really shredded because i was in a hurry when i was making it so i just tossed in the food processor um yeah i I cut some corners but it it turned out really well we we had brats and you know just put on the brats and then it was good and now i'm trying to think of other ways to use it but right on so yeah i it was a good weekend and then i did something on sunday but I'm, i'm blanking on what it was then the other thing I wanted to talk about before we go to the interview, um, a little plug for something I'm doing uh, next week. Uh, so today is the 15th of October. On the 21st of October, um, I am part of a panel speaking on virtual reality and the law. Hmm. Uh, so that, like like a remote lawyer type stuff? Sort of. I, I mean, imagine um, legal issues involved with both consumers using these upcoming virtual reality and augmented reality product products like Oculus and stuff like that. Right. As well as um, legal applications of those, of those products. So right. I, I've written an article, which is how I got on this panel about um, uh, possible applications for lawyers to use these products. So are you pro virtual? Oh lawyers? yeah. Okay. Well, not virtual lawyers. So I, my, my whole thing is, you know, uh, today in, in trials, lawyers use technology to present evidence to juries. But you know, they use powerpoints and and slides and 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 Gloves. things like that, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and and I guess my point in my article, which you can find on my firm website, um, rcolaw.com, uh, is that there are many ways to make trial presentation more effective through use of virtual reality. And I gave some examples. And so anyway, I, I'm, I'm speaking in this panel on this webinar uh, on the 21st at 1.30 Eastern, if anybody's interested. I think it's, uh, if you Google Greenlight VR, um, it's on their website. Um, or if you go to my Twitter, I got a link to it there. And if anybody really wants to participate, I know it costs some money to 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 be a participant, but I have like 25 free tickets or whatever if you contact me i can get you in our twitter is gonna explode with yeah blow, people wanting blow up my twitter folks uh, <laughs> at robert c tucker so anyway that was my little plug uh and then i think unless you got anything else nate let's go right to the end yeah i'm not gonna really go into my camp trip it's not a really a toledo matter if you know what i mean it was a good one though it was fun yeah it's it's just enough unplugging and being away to want to get back home and be on the internet so <laughs> it was good <laughs> all right sounds good welcome everybody hi josh hello uh, welcome to this little studio. I, I noticed you're you're pointing out our the Andrew Bird poster in here. We, we, we try to well, snazz up the place a little bit, right? But Look, looks nice. Yeah. Not to be outdone by the Stanley Cup. Oh, <laughs> of course not. That's far more important. It's uh, also it's signed by all of uh, the house. Nice, pretty pretty good stuff. Ah, cool. What year is that from? Um, ninety nine or something. Mm-hmm. It was a gift from my grandpa that he got at an auction. 
But you're, I remember you being a pretty big Red Wings fan. Is that right, Josh? I did. I yeah. grew up, I still am a big Red Wings fan. Yeah. I grew up playing hockey. Um, in fact, my father was the hockey coach at Sylvania Northview for yeah. 33 years. So I didn't have much of a choice. Right. I was yeah. into <laughs> hockey as a kid and I played throughout high school and dabbled a little bit in college. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. Did you go to Northview? Or? I did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sylvania Northview grad, 1998. Yeah. Now, they're the ones winning all the hardware these days, right? They're pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's been, honestly, Northwest Ohio has always been really strong in hockey. But uh, in the recent years, St. John, St. Francis, Northview have all had state titles. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm a St. Francis grad, so I'm partial to them. But, you know, what are you going to do? Great program. So, yeah, you, you anticipated our, our early questions. You know, you're from the area, obviously. And uh, did you go to UT or did you go somewhere else for... I actually started at Miami of Ohio. I went there for two and a half years. Um, I caught the entrepreneurial bug pretty early on. And uh, so I left college, famously declaring to my dad that I didn't need it. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't go over too well. He essentially told me I'm an employee and I'm paid to go to college. So if I'm leaving college, I'm on my own. So a year later, I found myself back in school. Uh, That was actually after September 11th happened. The economy got a little weird. Went back to school. And when I went back, I went back to UT. And then I ended up uh, attending law school at UT. uh, Which is how we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years later, moved to Chicago in the intermediary, worked there for three years and got a law degree for some reason after that. (laughs) They come in (laughs) handy sometimes. I don't know. (laughs) Looking forward to that day. (laughs) You know, I I tell people varying things when they ask me, hey, should I go to law school? And especially with with the way the legal economy is these days, I kind of tell them, maybe you should think hard about that. But (laughs) going to college for anything, you should make sure you really got it planned out. Yeah. I don't regret the decision. I think uh, law school does teach you a way to think. I met some great people there. Loved my professors. Yeah. I was really happy at UT Law. I think I was just in my 20s and still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Sure. And uh, mm-hmm. it bought me some time. So when you took that year off from college, you said you, the, the entrepreneurial bug hit you. Did you have some grand business scheme that you were trying to implement? Or? The scheme is actually yeah. probably the correct word. <laughs> I was 19. Um, Amway was coming out with Quickstar, oh, yeah. which was their big push to go online mm-hmm. and i was caught up in you know a pyramid gotcha. style business when you're 19 <laughs> it's kind of you know entrepreneurship with training wheels yeah um but then that progressed into a few other things and we actually had like exclusive marketing rights to this product i moved to florida on september 11th uh 2001 yeah. I, my car was packed the night before oh, wow. woke up obviously it's a traumatic day in u.s history and my buddy and I decided, well, you know, let's go. And we got in our car and drove. And, and I remember driving 20 hours to Florida, listening to the radio the entire time, you know, just <laughs> enthralled. Yeah. Wow. And then what, what was in Florida? It was another failed venture. Yeah. Many in the line well, of uh, They're all learning attempts. experiences, though, right? No question. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, if you're not failing as an entrepreneur, yeah. you're probably not putting yourself out there, um, not yeah. trying the things that, you know, you need to try. Um, and really, especially in tech, you know, which I'm involved with now, we look at failure as very much a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really important that, you know, when you fail, you say, okay, what happened? Why did the the outcome turn out that way? And, um, you know, that's, it's just kind of part of the growing up process, I guess. Sure. What were you doing in Chicago? 
So Chicago, I started working for CDW, selling okay. computer technology. It's pretty much the job that any college grad out of the Midwest can get in Chicago. <laughs> and yep. I just wanted to move there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that worked out well. Um, after about a year of doing that, I was a headhunter. And that was actually a good gig. It paid well. It was a pretty flexible schedule. Now, now something I was wondering for for headhunters: Do you kind of focus on a specific industry or a specific level of employee? Or we we focused on a client or two. I mean, so I was incentivized by you know fulfilling jobs for a certain client, and sure. a client that pays more would be a higher commission. So we actually worked a lot in the hedge fund industry, sure. oddly enough. Um, <laughs> not sure that's something that's going to be for, awfully for, popular these days. Like entry-level fellows? Or, it was, or no, mostly computer or, programming. And these would be like real-time developers who would sit there on the trading desk and oh, write algorithms, yeah. you know, as they went. Oh, what's that? stressful. What's yeah, that, right? Huh. There's that Michael Lewis book about the, um, oh, shoot, the... The computer algorithm date, you know, trading and everybody trying to get like a quarter of a second or, or even smaller sure. advantage on, on everybody else. Um, all right. Th then you came back to law school and, uh, I knew you there a little bit. And, uh, then would back when I met first met you and, and in law school, I kind of knew you as the pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> a few people still know me as that. And do you uh, want to explain why I might, may have that? So I was back in law school for about a year and again, caught the entrepreneurial bug and felt like I needed to get out and work. It's hard to go from making income to going back to school. Yeah. Um, and my grandfather at the time was involved with the Vito's pizza franchise in their advertising and marketing. And he had kind of bought a store and they had a defunct manager and yeah. said, well, why don't, why don't you help us out with the store while you're in school? Sure. So I started doing that. And then I, uh, ended up forming an LLC actually with one of my professors in school, helped me, you know, develop a business plan. Oh, who was that? That was a uh, professor, John Barrett. Oh, okay. The, who's the now provost. Yeah. yeah provost yeah. John Barrett. Yeah. So, uh, we, wrote a business plan and uh, I actually raised funds. It was the first time I'd done any real fundraising and bought one store in Sylvania. And then I bought a second store in Sylvania and I operated, operated those for about a year or two with my wife. And uh, it was great. It was fun while it lasted. My investors did well. They ended up, you know, coming out whole and made a little bit of money, but yeah. I just wasn't into pizza. Yeah. And at the end of whoa, the day, whoa. if you're going to be, I mean, I'm, <laughs> Wait a I, minute. I'm into eating pizza, <laughs> Yeah, but if you're going to run a restaurant, you know, you have to be there and sure. you have to yeah. really, you know, get your hands dirty and uh, not that I'm against doughy. getting my hands dirty or doughy. Right. But uh, you got to really be into it. And yeah. um, I ended up, you know, meeting some people in, in the tech business here. Uh, I come from a family of advertising and yeah. eventually I kind of found the right path, I, I'd say. Yeah. So what, what was it like to raise funds for a business? That's interesting. I mean, it's a lot of it's, um, you kind of go the friends and family route when mm -hmm. you're young, yeah, especially sure. you, you know, you look around and say, okay, well, my dad's friends, you know, who will take a meeting with me and, yeah. you know, so it's, and that's a, honestly the same thing you do in tech early on, you know, you're looking for that seed capital, you know, early on, you end up going to your friends and family, people, you know, in the community. Um, so it's not easy. You, there's a lot of rejection. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, you just keep asking. It's like anything you just keep going and yeah, the worst people can say is no, right? That's it. Yeah. Right. So you get used to that after a while when you do enough sales and start enough businesses, you get used to hearing no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then after, uh, after the pizza gig, what would you move on to? 
So um, actually during it, I kind of met um, a friend who worked over at uh, Hanson Interactive Marketing, real uh, well-known agency here in town. Mm -hmm. And he was starting a side business and kind of needed a biz dev guy. He was the sure. tech, I was the talk, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So we started a company called Whisper Labs uh, about five years ago. And um, the idea of Whisper Labs was going to be, we we're gonna help you know create startups, but also kind of serve as a quasi agency. And right out of the gate, within a few months, we came up with an idea that we thought was really good. It was for an app called Gift, G-I-V-T, not the one that's gone on to be wildly successful, <laughs> unfortunately. But, um, and then Gift kind of took over Whisper Labs because we realized early on with three or four employees, you can't really effectively run two companies. Right. You, you have to focus on one thing. So we raised funds again for gift and we um, kind of created this social gifting startup here in Toledo, Ohio in 2011. Um, and that was exciting and it was uh, stressful yeah. all at the same time. Um, unfortunately, it didn't really pan out. Um, we kind of ran out of money eventually Yeah, and um, tried to grow too fast to too many markets. But we learned so much from this experience, particularly starting a startup in, in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. So what you said, it was a social gifting thing, but can you give us a little more as to what the, the So at was? the time, Groupon was the big app yeah, that right. was kind of taking the country by storm. And we looked at Groupon and said, okay, you can spend $5 and get 10 but why make somebody spend anything at all? Why why not just have a business give away $5? And the only caveat being the only way you can use the $5 is to actually show up at the store. So by sure. publishing these gift cards into our app, you're getting some form of free marketing. People are seeing your brand. Oh, yeah. People are sharing your brand with other people saying, here, take this free gift card. And only when the person actually showed up in your restaurant or your store did you have to pay us anything? You give them the few dollars off and then we would take a commission from delivering that customer. So we considered it, you know, only pay for the customers you get. Yeah. We thought would be a really effective form of advertising. It really could be. Um, nobody really has truly figured that space out yet. There isn't necessarily a dominant social gifting app out there. But, you know, we just ran into challenges of not just being from Toledo. I mean, we certainly made some mistakes, but it's hard, you know, to launch a, a consumer facing national tech play anywhere. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people early on go, all right, you know, let's create the next Facebook or the next Twitter. And anytime you're trying to go after the consumer audience, there's so many distractions. You got a hundred apps in your phone, you're being bombarded with advertisement everywhere you look. So that's a tough market to crack. And yeah. the Pinterests and the Twitters, they come along every couple of years for a reason. Right, right. And there are plenty of others who tried and failed. And, plenty, yeah. plenty of others, a trail <laughs> of tears. <laughs> so then um, did Whisper then go away when Gift went away? Yeah, I think that? Uh, that kind of resolved itself. We had kind of put it on the back burner and, you know, you go through some of that, some business partners work out, some sure. don't. Yeah, and yeah. my former business partner and I kind of just went our separate ways amicably. He moved up into Michigan. But I'd met some really great people at Gift, and that actually gave birth to my company now, which is White Label Collaborative. Um, and White Label is is comprised of several guys that worked with us at Gift: uh, Tim Varner, mm -hmm. uh, John Spencer, and then uh, some other people that you know we've kind of met subsequent to that. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing now. We have a, an agency here in town. Uh, we build websites and apps. Uh, it's called White Label, and um, we also help startups, you know, get off the ground. 
And right. So I, I think you've you've told it to me before is you're both web development and kind of venture capital at the same time. Or, yeah, or that, a little bit. I mean, yeah. we got to be careful with what we say in sure. terms of fundraising. Yeah, of course, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. not, you know, and what is it? Whatever the regulatory body is. The SEC. Hopefully they're not listening. Yeah. Right. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Our lawyer host for filling us in there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think what we do more than anything with the startups is we give them advice. I mean, having started a startup here, you know, there were some great people in the community that wanted to help. There just wasn't this huge outpouring of support network. Yeah. I think Rocket Ventures does a good job. They work at that. There's a couple advisors here and there, but we wish somebody came along and said, don't do this. Right. Don't right. make this mistake. Yeah. Somebody was, you know, kind of bolder in giving us advice. Right. So we try to do that for startups now when they come to us. A lot of people come to us with startups. We only take one or two per year as projects because usually it's at a far reduced rate. Yeah. Or maybe taking a small equity stake in the company in exchange for services. Right. And we have to be very careful, you know, choosing the right entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and the right ideas. But uh, more than anything, even the ones we don't work with, we love to give them advice because we wish someone was there for us in this community to say, don't make these mistakes yeah. that we made. Right. You know, and, and Toledo rising tide lifts all boats and big yeah. time. Right. I mean, we're a huge believers of that. Yeah. We, we're really proud to be from here. And, um, you know, we hire most of our employees here. We do have a few people around the country, some specialized skills that we don't have an abundance of yeah. in Toledo right now, but um, no question, you know, we, we want to do a lot to help the community. Now, now one of those startups, I think, is that the Sluckit thing? Yeah, yeah. the, the Sluckit. I, I was yeah. just showing these guys uh, before you got here pictures of, of the Sluckit. Yeah, Sluckit.com. Which is a fun name, right. I gotta say. It but. is a fun name. That's kind of, and, and a .com is hard to come by these days. Yeah. So yeah. The right. fact in 2015 we were able to purchase one was great. Um, yeah, so Sluckit's a, a local entrepreneur. His name's Matt Carmody, and he's uh, created a hydroponic growing bucket, mm -hmm. and it's um, kind of a, it's a hardware play, if you will. Um, yeah. But hydroponics are obviously very popular for growing vegetables and uh, marijuana industry is growing tremendously around the country, state right. by state as the laws come online. So we created an innovation in that space and uh, we actually just went to manufacturing two weeks ago. And I'm usually driving around with one in my car. I could have brought one, <laughs> it's an odd partying <laughs> gift. Yeah, no. Uh yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, that's just a great name. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't really have a green thumb. If you looked at my vegetable garden, it's just right. all weeds, but. And uh, the functionality yeah. of it's to produce um, fertilizer, right? It's a, well, it's actually like a, a container that you, just like a any gardening container, except it has legs and a hole in the bottom. So you can actually like easily drain it. Right. Uh, you can grow hydroponically or use soil in order to, you know, grow whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying to grow. And, um, so it's just, it's odd. It's an innovation. It's just something that was so obvious. You say, well, how is that not out there? And, and Matt was smart enough to not only invent it, but to file a patent on it and say, you know, mm -hmm. I can't believe nobody else has done this, but there you go. So, yeah. you know, that's, he's, he's a guy that, you know, was doing it himself. And I think the best innovation often comes from people saying, why, why is this this way? You yeah. Know? Solving your own problem. Exactly. Yeah. Is that one of the companies you you partnered with it is yeah. yeah so they're one of our first uh venture partners we own a small stake in that company and we do all their web so we we built their e-commerce site we built their brand they came to us with a drawing and uh, <laughs> we kind of went from there a 3d yeah. file and a drawing and we created a brand out of that and um we work with them to this day there's more products coming out of uh, the parent company is called zw plastic so there's mm -hmm. gonna be more products coming and 
we're uh, working with them on an ongoing basis. Cool. cool. And, and then White Label's website, if, you, if people wanted to. So wlabel.co, which is the bane of my existence, that we're not a <laughs> .com. I can't tell you how many emails I've probably missed by being a .co, but uh, yeah, those are yeah. the breaks when it's you know this late in the game and, and .coms are hard to find. You know, I, I once looked into whoever owns bobtucker.com. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing there, you know, but somebody owns it, and I, I send an email, and I get this exorbitant, well, if you pay me large sums oh, of money the, i'll give it to you that's the worst no i'm not gonna do that yeah exactly <laughs> domain I mean, parking yeah. of course it should be illegal it they actually need, is. They need to they need to stop the domain that parking is 100 percent illegal but it's just so hard to regulate right yeah i mean we'd love to get whitelabel.com i think uh, the doers uh scotch owns that presently oh. so that might they, be tough for yeah. to come by <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah, they do have a white label, don't yep. they? They do, yeah. <laughs> so if they go out of business, we'll be there to swoop it up. Why, why don't they just use like a .co.uk or whatever? Yeah, I mean, exactly. They are... No, those punks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you guys do your web design, what platform are you guys? Do you have a certain platform you build from? Or are you doing multiple? We have a couple that we are go-tos. We're a little platform agnostic. We like to solve the problems of our clients. So, um, you know, we build a lot in Ruby on Rails right now. Yeah. Um, it's really popular, um, you know, platform backend language. Um, but, you know, that can be overkill for some clients. So sure. we still do yeah. a lot of websites on WordPress. Right. Uh, they're, they're fully custom builds, fully responsive, but... You know, there's nothing wrong with WordPress just because it's a, you know, an out of the box content management system. You know, it still can have all the functionality of a, of an app even. So um, it really depends on the customer and the customer's needs. Um, and we also want to build them something that they can build on in the future. So if they want to do a portal in the future or have ambitious plans down the line. We want to set the tone for that right from the beginning. Right. Cool. Now, I, I know you, you have a, a little son, right? So you, I do. You're a family man. I am a family man. Uh, what do you like to do with him in Toledo? Boy, all kinds of things. So m my wife is from Iran. Mm -hmm. We actually met overseas in Italy. And so my son's half Persian, and um, his name is Rasa. And It's a good uh, name. I like it. Yeah, unique, you know, R-A-S-S-A. -S -S -A. Yeah. So it's something... Uh, you don't hear that often, which uh, I want, of course, he, he gets to be a Cooper for life. Right. So I want him to know his Persian heritage, you yeah. know, the first name. Perfect sure. soccer name. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I played soccer as a kid. So um, around Toledo, I mean, we, we like to get outside. Yeah. We're, we're outdoors people all seasons. Um, so we definitely go to the parks, you know, <laughs> live pretty near Wildwood, spend a lot of time uh, there. And we're four for four for parks. Yeah, yeah. Nate's <laughs> laughing because we, we kind of talk about what do you like in Toledo with everybody. And everybody's mentioned the parks. So let's well, just... He's not quite old enough to go hang out on Adam Street with me yet. So <laughs> he's two. So the parks are a little bit more appropriate for his age. I think uh, we and we also we have membership at the Toledo Museum of Art. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's a really cool place to take him. Mm -hmm. The family center is fantastic. I'm just gonna say, um, is he into trains? Is he into like the little Thomas? Oh yeah, trains? yeah. So my son loves Thomas trains. It's insane. And <laughs> I, I ask him, hey, do you want to go to the museum? He's like, yes. They have Spencer there. Yeah, you know, they have Spencer the train there. That's why he wants to go to the museum because they have Spencer and he doesn't so perfect yeah <laughs> a couple other things there too but yeah right but but spencer's what's important to him yeah yeah perfect and it, um did you guys do that that big in the playtime the big net thing with 
them? You know, uh, they were actually traveling. They were out of country okay. for a little bit, so we didn't get to do playtime. But you know, we've we've been down there a handful of times. That, that, that was, thing was awesome. It was cool. It was fun for oh me my and my my son. Just he, he got so mad when we would. <laughs> they blow the whistle. You got to come out, and then he's like, "Let's do it again." And I go to say, hey, how long of a wait? It's like an hour and a half to get back in there. (laughs) That always resulted in a tantrum because we could never wait for an hour and a half. It's going to be nap time by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. We've actually taken him to the zoo as well. Oh, of and course. That was a yeah. super cool mm. experience. Yeah. I mean, because even myself, it had been years since. I mean, I go to the zoo for a zoo to do, but to really just go see the animals was. I, I had the same, yeah, the same experience. Like between when you'd go on your school field trips as a kid versus when you yourself have a kid, I really didn't go to the zoo very much to see animals in that time period. And now, now I'm going, and I love it. I love it when he wants to go to the zoo because I get to. Have go you guys been there the with them since they? Did the they built the little water park, the kid outdoor yeah, water park. Oh yeah, splash park. There's a kid yeah. water park there too. Yeah. It's like a yeah, it's like a a bunch of like model stuff that they've built that um sprays like, water out at interval times <laughs> and like they could just be cool. running around getting wet. It's pretty awesome. Except when you forget to bring a swimsuit or towel and then they have this little <laughs> stand that sells towels for eighty six dollars. Um, I think that was made by local artists in Toledo. I'm I, I'm not sure who it was, but I do believe that whole thing was designed um, by a local artist in, uh, from Toledo. Yeah, and I know they used a lot of local art in the new aquarium, like the new mm-hmm. sculptures Beautiful. and stuff in there. Which is yeah, the being able to pet the uh, stingrays, stingrays and stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally cool. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, we talk about this stuff: the parks, the zoo, the museum. I mean, when I have either clients who come in from out of town, or obviously my family's international. People are astounded by how great oh, yeah. Toledo is. They can't yeah. believe we have these resources, you know, from maybe some of them are relics from a past, you know, era when Toledo was a thriving city. But, you know, it's it's all the things that most cities don't get to have. And uh, so we really, I love showing people the city of Toledo. I'm, you know, brimming with pride as yeah. I walk around <laughs> and say, I know, and the cost of living's great. Right, right, yeah. right. right. So it's, uh, you know, for all the people who are naysayers, and there's obviously a lot of those, and there's been some tough generations here, I think, as well. But what's so encouraging is I think in the young people here in particular, there's so much uh, positive feelings about the city, and they really see what it can be again. Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, you grew up here too, so I'm sure you had a similar experience when you are in high school and stuff, and all your peers are like, I can't wait to get out of Toledo. This place stinks and all this. But now, at least among my peer group, people, at least people who stay here are very positive about it. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very happy here. I mean, I lived in Chicago for a few years and I think getting out helps oh, to yeah. change that perspective. I, yeah, I Travel helps. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're an hour from Detroit too. And right. I mean, I went to the Michigan football game Saturday. I go to Red Wings games. I went to a concert in Ann Arbor earlier this week. When you live in Chicago, it's an hour to go anywhere. Yeah, within Chicago. <laughs> within Chicago. Yeah, so when yeah. you start thinking about like within an hour, you can do all these things. It's not just what we have here in Toledo. It's the whole region that yeah. really has some great opportunities. Right. You can go to Canada. Right. I was going to say we're also 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we're 40 minutes from um, Windsor. We're also about two and a half hours from um, London, Ontario, which is where I went to school. Oh, wow. And it's really that's a really, really fun city. Um, so, yeah, we can. And I mean, we're only about six hours from Toronto. Oh, not even. Yeah. We, yeah. we went up there last year. Maybe I was driving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 401, you can definitely get moving, man. It's a <laughs> it's a lost in translation. Kilometers. I was right. confused, officer. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The, the hills the, they It said you. it was 150 miles an hour. Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> so um, where do you like to eat in Toledo? Do you got 
Well, I got spots. a few, I got a few go-to spots. So I'm a bit of a, I don't want to, I hate the word foodie. I yeah. don't want to call myself It sounds like yeah. something a toddler would use. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I'm, I like eating healthy food. Let's just say sure. that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty conscious of what we consume, both trying to have a good economic impact on the local community. We go to the farmer's market a lot, but also, you know, I want to support companies and restaurants that sustainably do things. Sure. I think it's important, um, you know, for our society. And my wife recently became uh, a pescatarian awesome. after watching some animal that? cruelty videos Let's online. Let's eat seafood but not meat, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Actually, she'll eat some sustainably sourced stuff occasionally. But yeah. anyways, the restaurants, your first question. No, that's um, <laughs> fine. Uh, I go to Balance Grill a lot. Oh, I love uh, it. My boy PK owns Balance Grill, and uh, they do a great job, you know, just with sustainably sourced local food. And it's yeah. good. It's healthy. It's quick. Uh, I spend too much time down at Manhattan's. Uh, got, <laughs> it's my kind of downtown spot. Gotcha. Right there in the heart of Adams. Um, and, you know, we end up, we cook more than we eat out. Maybe that's a process of being in a family. I think that's part or, of being a parent is yeah, what I've concluded. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a couple other, there's a couple of hidden spots around town too that, you know, there's a place called Mac and Tongs on the corner of oh, yeah. uh, Central and Talmadge. It's on the backside of it's the Cricket West. Right by, or not Cricket West. No, it's over by Ottawa Hills. Right? Yeah, Ottawa Shopping Center or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like right by that um, Shell Station. Yep. On Talmadge. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's an older couple that are just great. And what is it? It's like, it's like a, you know, a steakhouse essentially, okay. but it's just one of those unique places. It's like a relic from the seventies and it's just really cool. Yeah. So there's, you know, Toledo's got great food everywhere. Yeah. There's, oh my God. If there's, if there's anything we have, it's <laughs> a plethora of places to go eat. Absolutely. Well, um, let's see here. Got anything else, Bob? Yeah. I'm, I got a question for you. You yeah. got, you guys work, white label works out of seed co-working. Yeah, we did. Um, okay, we we, we did. were part of that community for a while. We're actually working on getting our own office space up and running now. But yeah, we've been part of the seed community for a couple of years. Um, you know, I love what Gene and, and Don and and now um, it was Jamie Wright. Um, yeah. But now Adam Hansen's involved. And those guys are great. And Adam Hansen from Hansen? Uh, no, no, different, different okay, spelling. Okay. Must have been from a different <laughs> part of the Scandinavian yeah. countries. But um, anyways... Uh, yeah, they, they're doing great. I mean, you know, Seed's a, a great little place over in St. Clair. For anybody who's wanting to get involved in the tech community, that's a great place to stop by and meet some people that are involved. Yeah. You know, it's hard to be a visionary and a pioneer in a city, you know, that traditionally isn't a lot of tech. And I think those guys three years ago when they opened Seed did a great job of doing that. So mm-hmm. we still, I was just there the other night and uh, even though White Label doesn't operate out of there anymore, we kind of outgrew it. But that's the point of a co-working space, yeah, right. right? Is to operate out of there for a while and then kind of move on. It's even in the name, you know, Seed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking to start a new office space? Where are you going to be? Yeah, I don't want to tip my hand. Okay. Because, you know, okay. real estate in downtown Toledo is right. kind of on, on the I, way up. I, I didn't but, know where along in the process but we're, you were. We're but looking at downtown. Yeah, and um, that's good. I think for us, you know, one of the challenges we have is recruiting, is finding the right talent. Uh, I mentioned we do a lot of Ruby on Rails. It's yeah. not a very common language around here, even mm-hmm. though it's pretty common. Uh, nationally or internationally. Yeah. So for us, um, we need to create an environment, an office that we can draw employees from around the region, um, you know, right. to want to come here. Yeah. So being part of the the burgeoning downtown scene is really important for us. We're really excited about ProMedica and all the other small businesses that, you know, are moving down there. And, you know, even though we're seven employees right mm-hmm. now, all those little things count. Oh yeah, and you know yeah. we have if we have seven to ten to fifteen tech workers downtown, 
you know, it makes it that much cooler. Uh, yeah. I hope <laughs> I like to think my guys are pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've been working downtown for seven years now and I think it's definitely gotten better over that time. And, and have you been to like the food truck day or anything oh, yeah. like that? I mean, things like that. And we, we actually have sushi downtown. Hey, when, are those, when are those food truck days? Uh, on St. North St. Clair street by the old, um, Owens Corning building Thursday around noon. Okay. They're, they yeah. probably stop pretty soon too. Well, they... somebody was telling me that they're trying to do that throughout the winter. Wow. Ooh, we'll, nice. we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if the customer base remains <laughs> there. We're People a hardened, walking. rugged bunch here in Toledo. <laughs> right. We can handle yeah. some outdoor eating in the winter. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's fun to have, you know, new and different options that you're, that aren't your day in, day out. Options, Absolutely. But, well, um, there's so many in, you know, just speaking of downtown and the groups, you know, the people that are working at things down there. Um, I spent a lot of time, as I mentioned at, at Manhattan's and on Adams street, and yeah. there's a group called the village on Adams. Right. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, a 501c3. They throw the zombie crawl, which is a couple of weeks away. It's going to be really, we were just talking about that in our last episode. So. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, to see groups like that though, it's really encouraging because I think you see what a difference you can make in Toledo. You know, this isn't a, a group of well-heeled investors, sure, yeah. you know, this is people who just work on the street, who care about the street, who care about downtown or uptown. And it's really encouraging because they can make a difference like Detroit, where you see artists making a difference and then right. being the first people that go back into a community and say, Hey, this is a great neighborhood. You know, we're seeing that in Toledo. And I think part of that's a generational thing too. You, it's, it's the way the millennials, you know, yeah. look at the world. That's kind of a glasses half full mentality. Yeah. yeah and I think the, the arts commission has a lot to do with that too. Big time. I mean, but yeah. And, and I love the, the, the new mural on Adams, uh, what's the cross street it's by the library. Yeah, I think it's down on 11th, is it? Yeah, no, that's, that's a, I love driving by that one. It looks like a work in progress sort of thing. I, I think it's a tribute to somebody. I don't know enough details, It's very but, fitting, though, to yeah. the area, which is yeah. a work in progress. And as you mentioned, uh, Toledo Museum of Art, you know, and the Uptown Association, all those groups, you know, it, it's incredible to see that they're doing more to engage the community, not just, you know, have their art, you know, and, and have their campus, but to do more to make that whole neighborhood great. And yeah. obviously the surrounding area there, is, uh, you know, the Old West End's fantastic. Sure, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you guys will talk about that event, the Old West End Festival oh, at some yeah. point. Yeah, that, that's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, we got to probably, mm -hmm. we got to, what is that, won't not to be till next summer, right? So was the <laughs> first Episode festival. 68, we'll <laughs> yes. be talking about that. <laughs> so that was the first real festival of the year. and it's... You guys are keeping a pretty torrid pace if you're going to get through 68 this well, year. Well, we've, we've been going pretty quick. We've been trying lately. one a week, but we'll see if we can. Yeah, I don't up. think it's going to, we'll Actually. run out of people by then if we do one a week. No, there's plenty of people. we got a couple hundred thousand. Listen, right. if the standard is me, I think there's plenty of people <laughs> out there. So. Yeah, give yourself some credit. Um, so uh, I think I, I, I've asked all the questions I had. Thanks a lot for coming in, Josh. Mm -hmm. Do uh, yeah. Danny or Nate, you guys have anything else for Josh? I think that I think he about covered it. All right. Where well, can people uh, find you if they want to get in touch with you or White Label? Yeah, you just can go, you can go right to our site, wlabel.co. And uh, we're always, you know, happy to take meetings and talk to people. You know, we, we do a lot of work with out-of-town clients, but um, we want to do anything and everything we can to improve the city. You know, we're all collectively a lot of big believers in Toledo and Northwest Ohio. So um, thanks for having me, guys. This has cool. been really yeah, fun. Thanks for coming yeah. in. Thanks for coming in. All yeah, right. Absolutely. And I hope your tooth feels better. I thought <laughs> yeah, you sounded fine. Yeah, that's fine. right. Good. And there was no major mistakes. No, yeah. I, did, I had to, a filling, you know, taken care of this morning. So I'm numb on the drive over here saying this is going to be a disaster. Hey, I don't, I don't think it fine to if me. If Bob didn't bring it up, I don't think anybody would have noticed. Perfect. <laughs> I felt like I had to bring it up. I'm sorry. Thanks for the free pass in case there's a slip up. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right, Josh. Well, thanks for joining us. And thank you all for joining us on episode four of Toledo Matters Podcast. And we hope to see you next time. <laughs>